everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Wednesday, October the 13th. And as promised, I've got a new guest in the studio with me today. Pastor Dennis Cummins of experiencechurch.tv is in the studio with me. And we're going to be talking about the Christian's role in the culture right now. We literally are in a culture filled with chaos and fear, but Jesus is the calm in the storm. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. I'm glad you guys are here. A lot of you asking me about uh, our study in the book of 1 Timothy. And if you want to jump in, this is a great time to do it. MomStrongInternational.com. There's a study there for teens and for you to help shepherd your young people through the book of 1 and 2 Timothy. We're going to be doing this through the end of November. So jump in. You can start a Bible study in your house. You can just do it in the privacy of your home. But either way, we want to encourage you guys to train your children in righteousness. This is the responsibility of every Christian parent. And boy, we see it so important right now. So check it out, you guys, momstronginternational.com. All right. I'm excited today to have Pastor Dennis Cummins in the studio with me. He and his wife, Lori, are the lead pastors of Experience Church, and they've been doing that since 2004. Uh, They've been married for 30 years, so just a little bit behind me. And they got three kids, and we're going to talk about all things faith and culture. Dennis, thanks for being here. Heidi, thank you so much. We so appreciate what you're doing, what you're standing for, the voice that you have that God has given you to echo throughout this nation to awake people to really what we need to be doing and focusing on today. Yeah. And boy, I mean, we're in, this is crisis mode. I mean, it is. the church is in crisis mode. The culture uh, is in crisis. We've learned in the last 18 months, it's very easy to scare someone and very hard to unscare them. Yes. And your role in all of this, I mean, you, you shepherd a church. I mean, the pastors are shepherds. Mm-hmm. And I've said many times uh, in the last 17 months, I think overall, if I could give the church a grade during all this, I'd give them a D for the for the number of the very, the pastors who have been able to stand up under the pressure of the mandates and the government sanctioned lockdowns and the closures and all that have been very few and far between, I think, largely because of fear. And I'm imagining this had a huge impact on you. So uh, take us back to uh, last year. Because what are we on, 18 months now of two yeah. weeks to flatten the curve? <laughs> I think that's where we are. Yeah. So uh, take us back to the very beginning of this. Uh, I'd love for listeners to kind of hear what you observed and how you guys responded at the beginning. Well, I, th- I think to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Mm-hmm. And um, there wasn't really any prophets that I knew of that came out and said, hey, thus saith the Lord, COVID's going to happen. <laughs> you know, the world's going to shut down. Right. And so, uh, but I tell you what, there there was a scent in the air, kind of like a windsock, you know, to an airport. You're watching that going, hey, the wind's going that direction now. And uh, when, when Jay Inslee announced that he was going to re- uh, put restrictions on churches of mm-hmm. 250 or more, Something really peaked in my spirit, and it it, it was kind of like a righteous indignation rose up in my heart, and I'm like, i got to put something on record. So I put together something as a press release. It wasn't very long, but it was to to really articulate what I sensed in my spirit that was going to come. And uh, so let me just share an excerpt of that. I said, this is a dangerous precedent that is being set. Yes, we have many elderly people in our church. If they choose to stay home, they should. That's their decision. But uh, 
what we're doing is we're we're looking like modern day China. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the church now state controlled? Will we be arrested or fined for observing our religious freedoms? These are some real concerns that are far reaching beyond this crisis. What about our constitutional freedoms? What about our rights to gather and worship? We realize COVID nineteen is affecting people around the world, and yes, we can take precautions, but to ban churches from meeting uh, under two hundred and fifty and practice social distancing is to trample on our religious rights in the name of science. Mm. And that was something that I felt that I needed to put and mark to say that this is our stance. See, COVID didn't change churches. It revealed their commitment. Absolutely. It, re- it revealed really their theology. And the question is, is their, their theology statement or the doctrine statement on the website really something that they're preaching? Mm-hmm. Is it something that they're really upholding? Uh, or did COVID just kind of reveal that that was just something that looked good, but that's not what they hold true mm-hmm. to. Yeah, and I think at the beginning, you know, the very, very beginning of this, we weren't sure what was going on, no. right? I mean, I wasn't sure. I'm sure you weren't sure. I was thinking people are going to be dropping dead in the street. I mean, that's what they told Absolutely. us, right? Yep. This thing's coming to the United States. It's It, it started here in yep. Washington, right? We were the epicenter in the United States. And so I think out of an abundance of caution— we listened at the very beginning. You know, Absolutely. we listened. We did. We, we were trying to be respectful. We're like, yes, let's close our churches for two weeks and our businesses. And we closed this place down for two weeks. Yep. But in my spirit, I mean, at the end of that two weeks, and I, I remember uh, my mom used to work in pediatric oncology and she called me one day and she was like, we never handle viruses this way. No. She said that this is never, you can't, you don't stop a virus. It's going to work its way through. Right. That's what's going to happen. And you don't quarantine sick people and masks don't stop viruses. Something is terribly wrong. Yeah. And my spirit was so troubled at the time. I started recording Facebook videos and just saying, look around you guys, something's wrong. And it sounds like you had that similar check in yep. your spirit. Like this isn't from the Lord. And if it's right. not from the Lord, Absolutely. We we didn't throw caution to the wind. We respected the president, shut mm-hmm. down, let's try this for two weeks. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, you know, and like you, it's like, no, th- there's something more to this because the yeah. hospital ships aren't full. Right. All, all of the military, you know, installations they put together, not a one person Wasn't in Wasn't that them. that big camp up near Seattle? Didn't they yep. put like hospital tents out in the field? Yep, and, yep, yeah. yep, Safeco Field. And yep. uh, it, it's just all uh, smoke and mirrors Yeah. to get to something else. And really... At the end of the day, they're after the church because we are the only thing. We are the firewall that is standing between that and this Antichrist spirit Mm. that is trying to bring lawlessness across the world. And America is the firewall to the rest of the world. Yes. Yeah, it is. That shining city on a hill. I mean, Reagan was absolutely right. We are the last best hope of the world, mostly because there are so many people here that know the Lord. And so many people here who are seeking to honor God with their their lives. And so uh, it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that this country is under attack and in the way that it is. But it has been, this has really, I love the word you use, it has revealed so much about the church and so much about who we are. And something yeah. I'd love for you to address, you sort of alluded to it a moment ago in your statement. You, know, you mentioned the Constitution, which is the highest law in the land. Right. Well, most people don't know the Constitution anymore. And a lot of them have never read it, never heard it, don't know the preamble to the Constitution, don't understand what makes this nation the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Yeah. Uh, and the church has really been a driving force behind that, that uh, decision to disengage. Mm-hmm. So what do you say... When uh, people say, well, Christianity and, and, uh, and politics, you know, the Constitution and Christianity, they don't mix. They have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. You're a pastor. You guys have a huge church. You're shepherding thousands of people uh, in person and online every week. 
What's your answer? Well, um, our answer is that we have to, I, as a pastor, have a responsibility to be um, honoring to the call that God has put on my life and to preach the word in season and out of season. And um, really, you know, if pastors are concerned about what their people are, are going to think or if people are going to leave their church, if they talk about certain topics, really, they're the political ones. Mm. They're the ones preaching for votes. That's good. Not me. Yeah. I'm standing in the pulpit, whether somebody comes or somebody goes, and mm-hmm. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, and really our message hasn't changed pre-COVID and here. It's just been a little more crystallized because uh, there's an agenda that we're fighting. We're not fighting people. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Yep, yep. It's the spirit that is working on people. So I don't hate Jay Inslee. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. I pray that he gets born again, and and guess what? If, if he surrendered to Jesus Christ, it would be like... Paul, mm, yeah, <laughs> falling really, off the really, donkey, yeah, get yeah, born again, Paul right? Conversion, yeah. And yeah. so I have to keep my heart clean, yeah, um, and and not be tainted. But I can stand against the demonic agenda that is destroying our kids, our schools, uh, the, the the workplace. Come I've on. got people, you know, people that are going to lose their job because they're standing for for medical freedom. Mm-hmm. And so these are the things, you know. I was a part of one Washington. And we, we went around the state and we simulcasted to churches uh, to help people understand how to file for the religious exemptions. And um, a lot of people say, well, why, why are you doing this? Why mm. You know, nobody paid us or one Washington. Nobody took an offering. Uh, and it was because that's a ministry. If, if they can't ha- expect the church to help them with their religious exemptions, yep. where else are they going to go? Yep, yep. And, and people need help. And we've forgotten, I think, how to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we're getting a primer again right now. Yes. And in this particular case, it does put pastors up at the the head of the chopping block, right? Because you put yourself in, in, in harm's way. In many mm-hmm. cases, you know, people will turn you in. They they criticize you harshly. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, they said, you know, the two things we were never supposed to talk about at the Thanksgiving table were religion and politics. Yeah. And I would submit that those are the two things we should be talking about. Absolutely. And and this has been I think in large in a large part my husband was a pastor for 20 years. We met him at Multnomah School of the Bible, you know, way back in the 80s when the music was good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, and I I believe with all of my heart that in the 70s and probably even in the 60s when we started to move away from this, you know, we said oh the church has this isn't, you know, this is the church over here. And this is the state, and nary the two should meet. Right. But we made a huge mistake, uh, and uh, and I think I'm I'm surprised still that there are pastors who don't get that. I know we we're supposed to be the ecclesia. We are the heart. Mm. Uh, pumping the vision and the direction and the character and nature of God into our communities, into into the political realm, because you know the churches that are saying we don't do politics. Well, politics are doing you. Yeah, you know right. they, they've they've been in your face telling you you can't sing, you can't, you know, and people's been listening. And I'm like, well, they're going to tell you not to breathe. You're going to do that next. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing I'll say is we've we've had special prayer even in our church uh, in our services for pastors mm. that some of them they have a noose around their neck because yep. if they if they say one wrong thing, their eldership will fire them. And they're sitting there and they're, they're like, you know, 50 or 60, you know, you know mm-hmm. in, in that age bracket. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, if I lose this job, what am I going to do? Yeah. How am I going to provide for my family? So this is kind of like a religious exemption, you know, yeah. situation. Yeah. But, um, and, and, but, but the churches that are in concert with the leadership and the pastor, 
that refuse to stand for biblical truths. And, and this is what I call the high five. You know, biblical marriage between one man and one woman, uh, biblical gender, there's two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the what? right to, Are you anti science? Come on now. Um, <laughs> the, the right to life that uh, we stand for the rule of law and responsible policing, mm. and then that we are all created equal biblical justice, not social justice. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at it from that context, I find that there's many pastors that shy away from talking about any one of those things. And who would have thought that 30 years later in my ministry, this would be controversial? Right. These five things. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a woman, I can't think of her name, maybe you'll remember, but there was a woman on the floor of the House of Representatives last week who said, you know, she was railing against what she called this entire class of people who were disenfranchised. And it turned out she was talking about men who could get pregnant. (laughs) And I, I just was, I told my husband, I'm like, I, we've fallen down the rabbit hole. Like right. our country has fallen right. down the rabbit hole. And the fact is, is everybody knows that this is a lie, mm-hmm. right? Everyone knows. Yep. So it has nothing to do with science, has nothing to do with biology. Biology yep. and bigotry have now been conflated, yep. right? And yet here we are. And if the church doesn't have the answers for this, nobody does. Right. Well, I like to say Genesis confusion brings doctrinal delusions. Mm. If we can't be clear about Genesis 1... If we can't understand that and articulate that, you can't talk about those five things Mm -hmm. because they're all founded in that in that first chapter. Boy, you're right. And this is what's troubling that these should be the obvious things that we shouldn't have to shy away from. And you know, uh, we live in a free society where two consenting adults can do whatever they want. Matter of fact, Mm -hmm. they want to have surgery to cut off part of their body. Mm -hmm. If they're an adult, I guess you can do that. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it, but that's fine. But you're Mm -hmm. not going to change my theology, right? And you're not going to change what I preach from the pulpit because I'm not going to buy into the delusion. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy into the delusion. No more than somebody got, somebody wants to amputate their arm because they identify as an armless individual. Right. That's a delusion. They would put them in counseling. Yeah. Okay. And so there's too many leaders and, and pastors. And I don't want to sound like I'm we're perfect and we're the righteous one fixing mm-hmm. the churches. Mm-hmm. But these are the core fundamental, the foundational truths that if, if we get these wrong— Everything else is going to fall apart. That's right. Yeah, and I—that's where we are. I mean, this is where we are right now, and, yeah. it, and we—and there's an opportunity. I think this is a salient moment for the church, and I'm encouraged. Like we were talking about right before Amen. we started, you know, I'm encouraged. I—I I think that you know God's people are waking up. I'm starting to see pastors go, okay, I'm going to step out into this realm. I never really wanted to do. It wasn't my jam. Yeah. Uh, but I can see now how important it is, and it's pastors like you and uh, and our pastor here at Radiant Church. You know, Jeremy Carmichael and Bill Henry and a lot of these guys in the area who have really stepped out ahead of this thing. Yeah. You know, uh, I got to speak early on uh, with my friend Jack Hibbs and talked to him about what's going on in Chino Hills. And I went there last year to speak for an event that he held called Comeback California. And he allowed me the opportunity to stand in front of his church and talk about what's happening in our schools. Mm -hmm. And I hit the topic of comprehensive sex education straight on. And I told him ahead of time, I said, I'm not going to mince words. I'm going to use words that people in the church are going to be like, oh, she just said that out loud. (laughs) But but we can't hide from this stuff anymore. And the church really does have a responsibility. And God bless these guys Mm -hmm. for standing up to this, for saying, we're going to we're going to be at the front of this and we're going to be the head and not the tail. Right. And this is true in the culture right now. And it's always been true of God's people. And uh, somewhere along the line, we lost our identity. You know, sons and daughters of the of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, inhabited by the Holy Spirit, able to uh, to be discerning and to bring discernment uh, to the people, to the children of God right now. And so you guys have a very unique opportunity to shepherd uh, in the culture through a very dark time. And I feel encouraged at 
at least I feel like, I mean, do you feel like people are starting to wake up? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I refuse to be, you know, we're in your studio. It's a sound stage, right? Uh, it's, it's isolated. You can't hear the noise outside. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so many churches are like that, though. When you go to church, they pretend yes. from the pulpit like mm. nothing's going on. Come on. You know, let's just preach on the, you know, the basics or principles or, and they, they're not tying to any of the hypocrisy that is going on. And, and the church has a responsibility to rebuke the hypocrisy and, 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 and to stand up and speak truth and stand mm-hmm. for truth. And mm-hmm. so what we're seeing is we're seeing people come by the droves. We are out of parking. I bet. Yeah. And uh, our online audience is, is growing. Well, it's kind of hard though, because we've been shadow banned, but. I, yeah, I really I, don't care. I hear you right. Mm-hmm. But um, people are getting born again. You know, when we give salvation altar calls, we don't have any secret society. Don't check mark this box or mm-hmm. anything. It's eyes open, heads up. If you raise your hand, we're going to applaud you on the best decision of your life because if you can't acknowledge Jesus here, how can you do that with a HR board and oh, declare man. your religious exemption? So, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't have done that a year ago because the atmosphere didn't didn't really allow that. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't the vibe in the room. Now there's a vibe in the room mm-hmm. and there's an explosion of applause and excitement when somebody raises their hand and that one and that one and that one and that one. And, that one. and, yeah. and it's firing people's lives up to understand that there's revival happening in the midst of the, the, the chaos mm. and God is bringing the calm. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying this interview with uh, Pastor Dennis Cummins from experiencechurch.tv. You guys will be so encouraged if you go to their website. They have incredible videos there. They're talking about everything that's happening in the culture. And I was looking at some of their videos, and it's called Call to Action, uh, The Voice of Jesus. What does that look like? They're talking about correction versus rejection. Uh, this is just fantastic stuff. I think you guys are going to you're going to be encouraged. So check it out at uh, experiencechurch.tv and you will see some wonderful. Uh, in fact, I just saw they've got some good videos up there, even with my friend Mark Melosha confronting the school chaos um, into the light. Are biblical morals still relevant today? I think you guys would be really encouraged. So again, my guest today was Pastor Dennis Cummins from experiencechurch.tv. I hope you guys have been encouraged. Uh, that's all I got time for today. We're going to pick this interview up for the next couple of days and just um, hope to bless you and encourage you to get off of the bench and onto the battlefield, off the sidelines and onto the front lines. The country is worth fighting for. And uh, if there's never been a more important time than there is right now to say, hey, we are the people of God and we are going to stand in defense of freedom and in defense of liberty and continue to proclaim the gospel. So we love you guys. Have a great day. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.